The I Love You So Much podcast is proudly sponsored by Hilton. Discover Austin and choose from one of our many brands, including Hilton, Embassy Suites by Hilton, Doubletree by Hilton, Hampton Inn & Suites, and Home to Suites by Hilton. See more, save more. Stay at Hilton. Unlock local experiences at travel.hilton.com. Welcome to I Love You So Much, the Austin 360 podcast, a show for everyone caught up in an ongoing love affair with Austin, even if it's complicated. I'm Addie Broyles. And I'm Alyssa Vidalis, coming to you from the shores of Lady Bird Lake and the offices of the Austin American Statesman. Jennifer Perkins is obsessed with Christmas trees. The Austin-based crafting connoisseur has more than 100 of them in her kitsch-tastic holiday-filled home. And this week, she joins us to talk about why the crafting industry is booming and how to let creativity and a trip to the thrift store inspire your holiday decorating. Elf, the classic holiday film starring Will Ferrell, came out 15 years ago. We know. In honor of the anniversary milestone, we wanted to revisit an interview where I Love You So Much co-host Emeriti, Omar Gayaga, and Tolly Mosley chatted with sweet John Mulbauer, an Austinite who loves the spirit of the movie so much that for four years in a row, he traveled to New York City, dressed as Buddy the Elf, to spread Christmas cheer and raise money for charity. But first, let's hear from Jennifer, who has a Christmas tree tattoo on one of her forearms and never hits a thrift store without a podcast in her ears. Jennifer Perkins, welcome to I Love You So Much. Thank you for having me. So Jennifer, you host a show on the DIY Network's Facebook page every Thursday where you demonstrate crafting, but if and you're going to be able to launch a podcast too, which we're going to talk about later. But if you follow your Instagram at Jennifer Perkins, you know that right now it is all about Kitchmas. It is. What in the heck is Kitchmas? Kitchmas, Kitchmas, all the time Kitchmas. Uh, well, Kitchmas is a term that I just kind of started using because it's it's like Christmas, but with a wink and a smile. Like it's traditional Christmas, but then there's like the really tacky vintage stuff you find at the thrift store in that like bag for like 99 cents that nobody wants, but I see it and I'm like, yes, that's Kitchmas. Man, so thrift stores are your happy place. Yes, they Crafting definitely. stores are your happy place. Yes. Crafting has been your business literally for 20 years 20 now? 20-ish years, yeah. How do you make a living in crafting these days, especially before Etsy? Well, I mean, it's kind of like most things. You have to have several different income streams. You know, it's not like I've had one gig that paid all the bills all the time. There's always been, you know, right now I'm a brand ambassador for a Christmas tree company. I work for DIY Network. I do freelance one-off content. Every now and then, you know, I've written books. I've freelanced writing articles for other companies. So, you know, it's just kind of like any other freelance gig where you have to have bunches of different ways. Well, and you were really involved in the crafting community. You had the Austin Craft Mafia mm-hmm. and you had a, a, a show, an annual show, of, you know, bringing together crafters. Mm-hmm. Um, crafting has really changed, though, in that time, in part because of Etsy. I mean, just the proliferation of YouTube tor- tutorials. Yeah. And, and it also seems like there's this need to make stuff with our hands. Yeah. Will you tell me what that is all about? Well, you know, the, it, the handmade stuff kind of ebbs and flows in popularity and not just in popularity. I mean, people are always handmaking stuff no matter, you know, when it is. Mm. But I think this style and how much people like kind of glom onto it and want it for themselves goes up and down. You know, there was times it's always been there. But say somewhere like the Renegade Craft Fair or, you know, Boss Babes has their markets here in Austin. Those kinds of things have just here in the last several years gotten really popular with like a younger generation and really, you know, but kind of kind of become like a place to go, you know, but I mean, there's always obviously been like church bazaar markets mm-hmm. and such. 
Um, I think I've just known through the years that the popularity of crafting can go up and down based on like a political climate as well and things. You know, I find that when it's a tricky political climate, I've just done it along enough through a couple different series of tricky presidential. Yeah, yeah, you know, this isn't, this isn't my first time at the presidential trickiness rodeo. And so, you know, I just noticed that it kind of rises and falls based on that when things are kind of like ee, out in the world, people are like, I just want to stay home and make the crafts mm-hmm. or buy the crafts or, you know, be handmade. There's a, there tends to be this tendency where people want to like bake and they want to make and they just want to like be home and like decorate their house. And mm-hmm. it just kind of seems to come up and down with that. When did the idea of crafting even begin? Because I'm thinking about like in the 1800s and early ni- you know, early 1900s, this was just stuff, you made stuff for your house because you didn't have uh-huh. the prol- pro- proliferation of retail stores that's like, you know, Hobby Lobby or uh, Michaels or Marshalls or whatever to buy mm-hmm. cool picture frames. You would reuse them or make them. Yeah. Um, but maybe in the 70s or kind of walk me through when I mean, that like you said, obviously like crafts have been around since, you know, the dawn of time. They just didn't yeah. call them crafts. They were called, you know, we need this. So we've got it. Or <laughs> so we're going to make quilts. Yeah, gonna, exactly. Yeah. Like we're cold, make a quilt. Yeah. But, you know, I think once maybe it was kind of more like the industrial revolution, like once things kind of, you know, started being made in mass production, like that's when it started getting called a handmade or a craft, you know, and kind of got that connotation of being maybe a more like leisurely thing you do, you know, not necessarily something that has to be made. Like you're not making a quilt anymore because you're cold. You're making a quilt because you could go to the store and buy a blanket, Woolworths back and whenever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was more like a leisure thing. Like I want to make this quilt because it's pretty and I've got the extra time and that's what I want to do with my free time. And it's just kind of gone. And it expresses part of who I am. Individualism part. And that's a big part of it. That's one of the main, you know, I got started in jewelry and the whole reason I got started in jewelry that snowballed this whole thing, and the same thing with Kitchmas, really, is there just wasn't jewelry that was, like, tacky enough for my taste. Do you know what I mean? So I had to, like, I had to make my own gnome cupcake topper necklaces because they didn't exist. And it's the same thing with Kitchmas decorations. Like, I can't roll up to the store and find what I want. So, like, I got to put a pom-pom on it and make it happen myself. Like, if, if I'm not going to make it obnoxious, nobody else is. So speaking of that, can we describe, can you describe to me like what your crafting style is? Because if for, uh, for you listeners that can't see, you are decked out in a beautiful like long sleeve striped shirt, but underneath is a pattern pop of fl- flowers. It's like, I would not go into a store and think of those combinations, but it freaking works. Like, can you describe to me like what you can't find in stores that you have to make yourself? Well, thank you for that. Um, well, I mean, it just, it, like I said, it goes from like jewelry to my holiday decorating to my home decor, you know, just, I have, like, I've always been that kid that was like pattern on pattern and mixy and matchy. And, bef- and like, if you saw the house I grew up in, I grew up in a house that's like this big pink 140 year old Victorian where it was like, there was like patterned wallpaper with a pattern trim. And then there was carpet. And then there was a pattern on the couch and pattern drapes. I mean, it was just like like made your head spin with like maximalism. So like, really, I was just like, I was bred that way. You know, I mean, there was, there was no hope for me. Like (laughs) I was, I was going to like dress this way and craft this way from the get. Like there was no other option. What are some of your favorite holiday memories from that house? Um, well, you know, I, my mom is who definitely instilled the like, it's not done till it looks like Santa threw up in here. Like, you know, sure. state of mind, because like our house was always, I mean, like my house, you see it on Instagram, but my house growing up was always that way at Christmas. Like whether we were in the like 
70s mod like mirrored like hot pink and orange phase or we were in the victorian phase or whatever the 80s phase like it was it was a weird time it was like christmas like yeah. you know there was like no doubt like you didn't walk in the house and go like hmm, i don't know when it is like you walked in and we're like kaboom tinsels everywhere yeah i mean like i was just in my mother's attic and like bringing back some holiday decorations for myself and it was just like glitter explosion mm. up there just like Shimmer, 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 shimmer. So one thing I've noticed that's changed in Christmas decor these days is these trees come in all these colors. I mean, I see them mostly on uh-huh. your page, but I, I also just see really brightly colored and, and quirky and I don't know, there's a lot of pop culture also uh-huh. in Christmas decorations. Tell me why that's happening. Um, I think a lot of it is like influencers and Instagram and all that stuff. That's definitely bringing it to the forefront. Uh, I think... You know, just people are just going beyond green trees. I had a hot pink tree since, and a red tree, I don't know, probably 10 years now. But, you know, I kind of had to look hard for it. Melania totally ripped you off. Yeah, exactly. God, what was she (laughs) thinking? Anyway, but yeah, like, but now you can just get them, like, everywhere. You can walk into any, like, big box store. You can go online. I mean, you can get them in rainbow. I have one this year that's striped, like, a candy cane. I mean, I had one. I have one that looks like a candy corn that I put out at Halloween, I mean, if you if you can dream it, you can make it. You can also spray paint regular trees. Sure. I know. Look, your little your mind is blown right now. But yeah, then you have like an Easter tree. Or talk well, to me about where, what are the limits of like oh, how long are, you can keep a tree up in your house? There are no limits. I think of like Kitchmas decorating is like like a serious sport I train for all year long. And the way I train for it is I decorate like I have an Easter tree, I have a Mother's Day tree, I have a Valentine's Day tree. Like I train all year long for Kitchmas. You know, and it's like Halloween is like the buildup, mm-hmm. and then Kitchmas is my crescendo. And maybe I take January off. I might not feel like putting up a New Year's tree, but by Valentine's Day, I'm going through withdrawals again. <laughs> so there's always a tree up at my house are, all the time. Are these specifically pine trees? Like no, 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 Christmas no. Trees We're or? talking like colored trees. Like okay. I rarely Artificial have. Is, yeah, yeah I rarely have real trees. I mean, I have nothing against real trees except for the fact that they're green. But are they typical, like, the Christmas tree that we would always think of? It, it, yeah, it like, that in color, that shape. Right? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, okay. that little triangle shape. And Perfect. now, sometimes, like, people will be like, you have over 100 Christmas trees. But when I say that, it's not, they're not all seven-foot-tall trees. Mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Some of them are four. Some of them are two. Some of them are little baby what bottle brush. What is it brush. about the actual shape, that triangle shape, that makes it advantageous for decorating or being in your house? It's easy to reach the top. Why aren't they square? I, I mean, I guess because they're trying to mimic the shape of a... Of a tree. Of a tree, like and, maybe. I mean, you can yeah. get them like upside down. What do you think about that? You know, I've never had one, but I'm definitely drawn to them. They're I'm pretty just, kooky. They are pretty kooky. Yeah. Like maybe one day I'll get them. But I'm kind of like, I don't understand how they work. And when you have small children, they kind of scare me. I'm like, mm. ooh, that's an accident waiting to happen. Like with kids. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I wanted to find out about... Uh, so you've got tree toppers, tree skirts... Um, mantle things. I mean, mm-hmm. in your house, you've got decorations on every surface, presumably. Oh, yeah. Where do you encourage, we'll we'll call them, I'll call myself, more of an everyday Christmas decorator. Where uh-huh. do you encourage people to start testing their limits? Um, You know, I definitely recommend, like, most people have, like, a big tree, right? They have, like, their one traditional tree. And then if you want to branch out, like, and maybe, like, you're, you just have all those traditional ornaments and you don't want to go out and break the bank with another theme, like, maybe start with, like, you know, a four foot tall tree or a two foot tall table tree in another room. And then, you know, start there with like a crazy color and maybe, you know, a theme, like lots of stores sell those little trees and little decorations. But, you know, if you saw somebody on Instagram and they had that like 
oh, you know, the rainbow tree, you see, you see it in white and it like starts with all red ornaments. It goes to orange, you know, goes because of course my tween daughter is like dying for one. You know, start with a small tree. You know, you don't have to go. You don't have to have like 14 gazillion Christmas trees in every room like I do. Well, then it allows, especially for kids, to have a little bit of ownership in that process. I mean, because in my house, it's like, these are the special ornaments, guys. Don't freaking break them. (laughs) But exactly. They've never had a tree. Sometimes I'll hang Christmas lights in their room, but they've Uh never had their own little tree to decorate and have agency over, like, here, I want to start expressing who I am Uh through the things that are in my space. Exactly. And this is a really neat, kind of playful way that's not permanent. You're not painting walls. You're not, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not a huge investment. No, no. Not at all. And you know, like my son, he has a seven foot tall lavender tree in his room right now. That was his request. I'm kind of sad I didn't get to decorate my lavender tree, but it also works as a great nightlight. You yeah. know, if you think that way, but yeah, he totally gets to decorate it. And I was telling you before we got started, I let him decorate the entire outside of my house. If we don't win for like yard of the month for December, I'm going to be so sad. Like they are going to have like a mom to deal with because he has worked so hard on that front yard. But you know, like we sometimes, like especially me, since I work in the industry, I need my trees to be perfect because they're going to be photographed. So I like for my kids to have their own trees that they can go hog wild on. And mm-hmm. I don't care what they do. Like, I don't care how it looks. There can be tinsel on just like one little part of it. Like, you go. What do you look out for when you walk into a thrift store? I know this is kind of a pivot from the, the front of your house. But I, you know, we kind of talked about this at the beginning. And, um, you know, I saw you made like a... Um, a produce hanger basket out of Christmas tins or like cookie tins. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, how do you go through and sort? I don't know. Alyssa had also put this like uh, cultivate yeah, like, the kitsch. Yeah, like it seems like you don't describe to subscribe to less is more. No. So, but how much? Where do you find? Where how do you not fall off the cliff of like more is more? Like how do you create a theme out of a bunch of stuff? You know, as often as I shop at a thrift store, I'm also not afraid to donate to thrift stores a lot. You know, like for my house right now, like for Christmas, I just got, if you go to my Instagram, like there's a room with like two yellow trees and this like crazy 60s couch that's like yellow and green florals. And I literally just bought that couch for Christmas. Like, I know that (laughs) sounds like so bougie, but I was like, man, that would look so good with my yellow trees. Like, I got to have that. And I'll just sell it afterwards. Like, that's what Craigslist is here for. Like, you sure. you know what I mean? Like, nobody mm-hmm. said I had to have that, like, green couch that was in there before for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when I buy things at thrift stores, I always think to myself, like, well, I can get rid of stuff, mm-hmm. too, you know? So it's just kind of like, sometimes I go in there for basics, like the cookie tins you're talking about. Now, I painted those, so those were just like, you know, boring, stupid cookie tins that Mm -hmm. I spray painted or whatever. But, you know, sometimes like with the couch, it's something like I just usually like go with my gut and what I'm like drawn to. And like that one was like that couch I'm talking about was like just so tacky. Like I knew it had to be mine. I saw it at Salvation Army and I went home and then I dreamt about it. And I was like, I got to go back. And I waited for my husband to go to work and like went and like got it. because I was I was like and then I called my sister. I was like, you have to help me get it in the house before he gets home. He'll never notice it if it's already in the house. And he didn't. It was like two days till he was like, where'd that couch come from? That's so, amazing. I, I know. Because it changes so much. He like doesn't know. He's like, oh, there's a new couch. Huh. Sure. I do <laughs> like how you said that, though, that you're. it sounds like you're not afraid to give something up. I, I am totally crafty, but I'm also like kind of a, maybe it's too much of a Girl Scout and Oprah Prepper where I'm like, oh, I made this. I have to keep it. Oh, these are supplies that I can possibly do something with later and not touch it for two years. Yeah. Do you have a connection with all everything that you make that you keep everything or like, is it just for a season? Give it away to friends. Yeah, I like to give a lot of... I know what you give away for Christmas. Yeah, I mean, I like to give away stuff for friends. That makes me feel good about it. I mean, for me, it's kind of weird for me in my industry because I feel like the minute I give something away, then like 
somebody will call and be like, can you come on our show and do a demo of that? And I'm like, mm. oh, I just gave it away. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to make it again. So, like, I kind of hoard that. But as far as, like, supplies go, I definitely want to have a tendency to do that. But I kind of have a rule with myself that, like, unless it's, like, vintage or something really special that I couldn't get again, then I'm okay to, like, donate it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if it's something I could, like, roll up to the store tomorrow and buy and I just don't need it and I'm not sure when I'll need it again, then I'll just donate it, you know? And, like, Austin Creative Reuse here in town is, like, a great place to give all your old craft stuff. And plus, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I can't let myself go in there unless I'm bringing stuff to donate because I know I will walk out with bags. Like, <laughs> it's just a it, great tip to go find, like, the pom-poms and, I mean, oh, yeah. craft sticks and That all place is, like, yeah. Like so um, if you had maybe just a couple of projects that you've done on the live streams or maybe YouTube videos or something Christmassy related that listeners could go and, you know, for like an afternoon, you, mm-hmm. you're trying to kill some time. You know, what would you recommend? There's like the pom pom tree skirts I saw recently. Uh, yeah. You know, one that was popular last year is I made uh, like a pom pom tree, like where the bottom is kind of, you know, a larger pom pom. It goes in that triangular shape like it teaches how to make a pom pom. So there's like a big one, a medium and a small. And then you just kind of as you would trim a pom-pom, but you trim it in that triangular shape and then you put it on like a bamboo skewer and then it looks like a pom-pom. So it's like a pom-pom baby Christmas tree, like a tabletop tree. That was a popular one. Last year, tomorrow I'm going to be making ornaments out of, you know, those like string art kind that you like hammer the string in and then you like lace it. You know, you like, okay, like I drew a snowflake, Mm -hmm. then I put a, a nailed like, I put a nail in, but didn't hammer it all the way in at the tips mm-hmm. of all the snowflake. Then you attach embroidery floss. Oh, And yeah, you yeah, loop. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, sure. I went to um, a birthday party at Upstairs Circus the other day. And, like, have y'all been there? Is that oh, the crafting studio? It's, like, the crafting yeah. bar where you go. What? Yes. Alyssa, that's our what? next. We're going to have on, our next podcast it's on, meeting there. It's oh, on God. Second Street. Yeah, you go. And it was, like, my girlfriend had, like, bottomless mimosas. And then they have, like, a menu. And you, like, pick your craft. Like, oh, I'm gone. And so, okay. anyway, I picked the the string art thing and I was like you know what I gotta scale this down and do it for make an ornament out of I it. gotta make a Christmas ornament out of this but that's actually a really great tip like crafting things that you maybe are already doing you can scale them up or down or oh yeah you know even the even the kid pr- cat crafts that your kids do at school and bring home like the oh. little stained glass things with you know plastic All the wrap time. I mean yeah. that's what Pinterest is for is like finding craft ideas like and, this so. and a lot of times like my stuff is almost always something like kids could make too because you know when you have two little kids in their home and both of my kids are creative I don't know if it's because they're forced to be to get my attention at all or if they were just born that way but you know they're like if I'm doing it you better bet there's like a mini version happening next Mm -hmm. to me so and I presume as we'll we'll sort of wrap up this segment of the show that this is a way for you to keep your inner child alive exactly yeah no it is I mean not to like psychoanalyze you across the mics but it's okay both of my parents were shrinks I have (laughs) I have a degree in psychology I'm very used to this (laughs) <laughs> but no, I think some of it probably is that. Like, you, I mean, how would you describe the purpose of, of this part of your life and, and how you see it playing out for other people, like your friends at the craft bar? Um, I mean, for me, it's just something I grew up always doing. I mean, I come from a long line of crafty people. Like I had, you know, grandmas that crocheted and did ceramics. My mother always did crafts. I do it. My sister paints. So, I mean, I just, you know, it's one of those things like I could not do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if I didn't do it, like I would just be like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be sick. Something's wrong. A lot of pent up. Yeah, energy. exactly. Like that kind of thing. And so, you know, and for other people, I think it's just always good to explore like a different thing and make something with your hand. You know, you might be surprised that how it inspires you in other ways, whether it be like writing or playing music, you know, just 
expand your creative horizons into something new and exciting. Well, Jennifer, this has been so great to talk to you about your very amazing home and your inner your spirit of creativity. We really well, appreciate you. you coming in. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. And Merry happy holidays. Christmas. Merry hey, Christmas. Merry Christmas to you guys. <laughs> Okay, Alyssa, that was so fun talking with Jennifer about crafting and Christmas. It brought up all kinds of nostalgic memories for me. I'm so inspired right now. So uh, it's hard to believe that it's been 15 years since Elf came out. I love that movie. And oh my God, I'm so... I know. I actually did not... It wasn't like when it first came out, I was suddenly an Elf person. Mm -hmm. But my sister and her husband, they were Elf people like immediately. And it was a holiday tradition that they watched every year. They freaking memorized it. Oh, yeah. They were like trivia nerds. I'm, And then that kind of inspired me to get into it. And maybe like five years ago, I actually ended up doing an elf trivia story. And I watched the movie several times and like came up with really difficult trivia. Oh, and, I, and she was like the person who vetted me with all my answers. And that was really fun. Um, but I, what do you like about the movie? Um, I like how, I mean, I watch it. I'm the type of person that watches it every year. That's my one of my first movies I watched to get me into the spirit. And I like how it just still holds up. Like all the toys mentioned in there are make it feel still relevant. Like it came out maybe five years ago. Like I think the only oldest thing is probably Bob the Builder, but he's still around. I've done like the Elf Draft House movie party where they give you bubbles and everyone's just quoting along with it. And it's just a great feel good movie. I think it kind of has the same spirit as Big a little bit. With that sort of childlike play. I mean, obviously it's like a, a man Mm-hmm. As a child, also man child, uh, <laughs> man child Christmas movies, a whole jo- subgenre in mm-hmm. and of themselves. Um, but also, what is it about New York City and Christmas movies? I mean, Home Alone went to New York. Uh, All I want for Christmas, which is Ethan Embry and Thor Birch, the oh. top of the top of the list of my Christmas movies. Alyssa Vidalis, Ethan Embry. Wow. You haven't seen this movie? No, I'll lend you my DVD. Seen, I've only seen him in horror movies. So oh. This is going to be really interesting. No, he's for like me. a twelve-year-old. Uh, like he was, he was a total heartthrob. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, so all I want, and, and Thor Birch is like, you know, eight or something, and she's utterly charming in it. Um, but I think the Rockefeller tree, and there's just something romantic and I don't know, Santa rific about New York City. I guess the Macy's Day Parade, and I don't yeah. know. I think even if you, I, I didn't go to New York City for you know the first two decades of my life, and I just was enchanted with it, perhaps because of holiday movies. Totally, I've been to New York during Christmas mm. and I saw the window displays and the only thing that like, kept coming to my mind is like this is exactly how it looks on the screen like there's something big and mysterious and majestic about like how anything can come out of New York and how Christmas is kind of like that too like anything can happen during Christmas like Aww. it's, it's so all dreams are possible like and everything so I think maybe I kind of combined those two so no wonder Buddy went to New York and had that experience exactly you know so when we watch the movie we get to see New York through his eyes mm-hmm. almost like we're seeing it for the first time so last year Tali and Omar our podcast host Emeriti interviewed Sweet John Mulbauer who is an Austinite who happens to look like Will Ferrell yeah and that actually kind of caught my uh video editor James's eye and he mentioned it to me like this there's this guy that dresses up like Buddy the Elf and goes to New York every year like that would actually make a pretty cool video don't you think I was like yes please and so we brought him into the studio and I got to speak with him on tape uh you can find that on YouTube we'll link it into the show notes uh and it's to combine the pictures and video footage of him in New York and to hear like why he does it was actually a really cool experience I mean he really does look like Will Ferrell you can only say so much in the video, so why don't we bring him on the podcast? And um, Omar and Tali both know Sweet John for 
a while now, so it was cool to hear them talk to him at length about like why he does it and where it all came from and the stories that he's felt there. Well, we hope you all are as charmed by this interview as we were. Pamela LeBlanc did a wonderful story about you, about uh, your buddy, the elf journey uh, to New York City. Uh, Alyssa Vidalas, our producer, did a video and everything turned out great. So you just returned from that trip. So tell uh, our listeners kind of what's involved in this, because you've been doing this for four years. It's your final year. Like, what was your goal for this year? Well, it you know, like like you just said, I just literally just got back and... My goal for this year was to raise $5,000 for a local charity called Emancipet, which does affordable pet care um, in, in central Texas. And what I like to do is I just I, uh, I set up a page um, that, that just will have, like, pictures of things that I've been doing. Um, I'll keep up updating it, tell people where to find uh, where I'm going to be at. And people, as they follow this journey, they've been making donations. And so... It's uh, the whole goal of this is honestly, first and foremost, is to spread Christmas cheers, Buddy the Elf, because that's just what Buddy would do, and that's one of the one of the most you know heartwarming things for me as you know doing this over the last few years is actually seeing the reactions of people as I walk around and just hearing off in the distance, "Hey, Buddy, you find your dad?" or you know, "What's your favorite color?" <laughs> do you know Santa? Well, the thing is, like, I, I I I'm friends with Sweet John. I've known you for a while, mm-hmm. and like. I see that when you're not Buddy the Elf. Yeah. I see that. I see you act that way South by Southwest. I see you cheer people up. Yeah. And, hey, how you doing? Like, I, I, you're a very social creature and someone who is full of cheer the rest of the time, too, not just during Christmas. Well, and sometimes you just got to, you know, you have to spread that cheer, you know, a little bit more. And especially at Christmas time, you know, it's a lot is going on in everybody's lives. And sometimes you just need a reminder. And I think that was just my place for this year, especially uh, walking around New York, just it was it was unbelievable. So I've I've seen the pictures in past years. I've I've followed the campaign. The thing I didn't know from reading the article was that you met Will Ferrell. That you actually uh, got to, got to, won a lookalike contest and mm-hmm. got to meet him. What was that like? So in two thousand eight, um, Alamo Drafthouse did a special screening for Semi Pro, and to go to it, everyone had to dress as the basketball players from that movie, the seventies so era. Basketball yeah, it short was uh, with the Flint Tropics <laughs> or something like that. So uh-huh. yeah, you had to buy this tank top that was decorated just like the Flint Tropics jersey was, and then you could do whatever else you wanted to do with it. And I didn't even have a ticket to it when I I just got found a way to buy the jersey. And, you know, did the whole costume up and someone had an extra ticket and gave it to me while I was waiting in the line. And they had a costume contest. I won and got to meet Will Ferrell. It was pretty, uh, it was pretty unreal. It's kind of like a scene <laughs> in the body snatchers when you see uh, your lookalike come up. It's like only one of us is going to leave here. <laughs> well, you are, you kind of knew going into it that you resembled him. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, but he wasn't expecting you. <laughs> no, he wasn't expecting me and neither was the crowd. In fact, um, Tim League had gone to lunch with him. I think they had gone to Uchi or something he had told me. And he went to his office for something and he came back out and there was everybody was waiting to go inside the theater. And he saw me and he thought that Will had doubled back and changed and gone into the crowd. <laughs> and he stood there for a second. He's like, what do you? Oh, my God. It's not what? And he was just had this crazy reaction, and then I told him I didn't have a ticket. Yes, I'm going to work something out. I'm going to work something out. And so, <laughs> you know, it was pretty. It was pretty funny. He says, I've oversold this. I don't think I can get you in, but we're going to we're going to figure something out here. And so <laughs> somebody ended up having an extra pass, so that that worked out. And uh, I got an autographed uh, '70s era basketball from Will. 
as the oh, as the fantastic. prize for winning. So yeah, I still have it to this day. It's a, you know it's got a signature on it, and I got it in a little special place in the apartment. So it's a nice little reminder of uh, that moment. Has this has this set of adventures gotten back to him or or his the uh, Gary Sanchez people or any of that? Is that is this? I don't I don't know if it has. There's been um, no cease and desist or anything. <laughs> there hasn't been. There hasn't been. There's nobody. I have not gotten a letter. I've not uh, had anybody say it's like, well, you're using proprietary, uh, you know, intellectual property. But I did run into um, some New Yorkers that apparently are in the same social circle with Will Ferrell and his family, mm-hmm. and they were said they were going to mention it to him. They oh, just they just happened to ask about it. They were saying it's like you know you look a lot about you guys are about the same height. We had a long conversation, um, but they 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 live in New York and they just I think they were at the Comcast building for whatever reason. And they had just come out to take a look at the tree or something like that. Cause they had, were shutting it all down for the evening. They were there to deliver a cease and desist letter maybe, to you. And then they're like, Oh, that was we it. can't, we can't do it yeah. now. He's too nice. <laughs> yeah. So they found out about the charity and thought I was like, and then right before they walked off, they said, you know, we didn't want to say this before, but we actually know will. And so we think this is pretty awesome what you're doing. So we'll see if he finds out about it. That's not the reason I'm doing it, but he says he wants his basketball back. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you have it with you? Yeah, I might have to return it. Yeah, <laughs> just so, tell me where to ship it. Uh, do, since this was the, uh, you said this is the final. Which first yeah. of all, you're not too old to be doing this. Come on. Uh, well, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, I want to go out on top, mm-hmm. and it's to the point where. At this point, I know I can still pull it off, no problem. I probably could do it, in, you know, next year and the year after, but there has to be an ending time. Okay. And I figured this is a good time to do it, where you know it's still beloved. I'm I can still have the energy to pull it off and the time to dedicate to pulling it off. Because mm-hmm. um, I never know, you know, until a couple months before how when exactly I'm going to be able to do this. And you know, you're, you know, you're walking around New York. You know, generally I'm putting in like. 12 to 15 miles in an evening just walking around Mm -hmm. so you know especially when it's like you know 28 30 34 degrees it's it takes a little bit of a toll (laughs) you can lose a toe at some yeah (laughs) you know and the thing is you really can't you know everyone's you know you really can't wear that much under the costume for one it holds a lot of heat to a point and you're still cold so like if you put on too much you you know you start to perspire and then you freeze Mm. or you just you just freeze in general so i mean it's pretty much just a tights and a tights and a tunic for me. Were there some things that um, that you had on the list that like, well, this is the last year. I'm ne- I'm not going to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of bucket list type things of like, this is this is the last time I get to do this. So let's do go out big. I wanted to make it to Brooklyn, and I did. <laughs> I've never been to Brooklyn. I figured what it would be like out there, and uh, and it what had just dumb timing. I didn't even know that it was going to be was uh, there was Brooklyn Bowl was having holiday ball. Mm-hmm. And so um, a friend of mine who actually I didn't even realize had just started working for Brooklyn Bowl said, hey, you got to come to this Holiday Bowl. And I just found out you're in town. So I went and it was so much fun. That must have been a I mean, crazy scene. It was like everybody was really, you know, festive to begin with that they were there. They're in the Holiday Bowl. But they, nobody knew I was coming. In fact, my friend who works for them didn't tell anyone that I had said I was going to go. <laughs> and so I showed up and. That was probably some of the. You know, I met so many people from Austin that mm-hmm. live in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. You know that was that was crazy. Well, just it was like, like yeah, you know, it's like hipster t- hipster area. <laughs> it was it was it was literally just like you know it was like cold Austin there. It was just uh, mm-hmm. it was crazy how many Austinites I met and like just 
you know, it's like I live there and I'm actually coming back to, you know, be, you know, do something during South by. I'm going to be doing something, you know, coming up in the next few months. I'm thinking about moving back. Um, it, it was it was just great just to have those conversations and meet all these people. And everybody just got a huge kick out of it. I'm looking at a photo of you at Macy's Santa Land mm-hmm. for this year. You were uh, on Santa's lap yes. and with with some elves and everybody just looks like beaming. Everyone in this photo is just completely. Oh, yeah having a great time well i you know the first year i went four years ago was the one of the first places i stopped was macy's on Herald, at herald square because they have this huge santa land thing and i waited in the line got the picture with santa and that ended up becoming a tradition <laughs> and i've actually become friends with some of the uh the elves that have worked for macy's doing this and they as make one, sure as one does yes. as, yeah and they make sure that each year like they'll have it there's a cutoff and a reservation system and it's really hard actually to make those appointments for Santa and they make sure every year that I get to go. <laughs> so they basically have said like, no matter uh, what's going on, they're going to make sure um, a couple of years ago, they had actually cut everything off and were shutting down. And the elves kind of said, Nope, we got one more. And they literally like, <laughs> let they, buddy go, let they, buddy in. The store was closed. It was Christmas Eve. The store had like was closed. They were security was moving everybody out, but security refused to ask me to leave because the elves said they wanted to have me uh, meet Santa and the Santa, uh, person who was portraying Santa um, wanted to have a part of it. So everybody jumped in on that photo. Oh, that's fantastic. The entire staff did. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, well, the thing that occurs to me as, as, I've, as I've seen this adventure is that the Elf the movie mm-hmm. ha- continues to get more and more popular every year. It feels like it's, it's gone from being like, oh, that was a pretty good movie, John Favreau or whatever, or, to like it is a bona fide like holiday classic now. Like we treat it like it's a wonderful life. Well, right. And yeah, it's, you know, there's not many movies that came, you know, past, let's just say the sixties or the seventies that have mm-hmm. been considered holiday classics. I mean, a Christmas story was really the one that we would say is, a, you know, the most modern one yeah, until like, elf, like I home mean, alone's kind of borderline. Yeah. It's, uh, it's okay. And depending on who you are, die hard sometimes. Yeah, you know? exactly. But, uh, but elf is like, bull- like we watch, I watched mm-hmm. it every year with my kids now and it's, it is bulletproof. It is a good, solid movie, family friendly, but mm-hmm. still funny for adults. Like it is, it is really good. Like, so, like every time I watch it, I'm surprised at how much I'm laughing and how much I still enjoy it. You know, and that whole, you know, that as corny as Christmas movies can get, that one, you know, walks up to that line, but pulls back before it gets before it gets to the point where you're like, eh, that's just too much. It's not treacly, you know? yeah. Yeah, it's just. And it's got that core Will Ferrell performance. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that might be his best performance. It's the pure sort of. It's just it's it's that whole thing about joy, and that's the that's part of the fun of too is he made such a great character that to be able to take a little bit of that you know through me and bring it to people in New York as I walk around or even in Austin uh, when I've walked around as it as a buddy has been it's just it's just unbelievable when you see just how happy people get when they see you mm-hmm. and then it's like hey you look like that guy that guy uh, that Will Ferrell <laughs> you're like that Will that Ferrell Col- that Colin Ferrell guy yeah <laughs> I had somebody said yeah Dave Ferrell you know Dave Ferrell he's in that he's in the SNL guy <laughs> Well, I do. I think you honor the role superbly, and congratulations on a four-year run on a oh, successfully completed four-year tour of New York. Sweet John, always good to see you. Thank you for coming by. No, my my pleasure, Omar. And Merry Christmas, holiday Merry- cheer to you, sir. <laughs> Smiling's my favorite. <laughs> Bye, Sweet John. Thanks. Thank you. And that's our show. Thanks for listening, and thanks to our sponsor, Hilton Austin. Our theme music is provided by local band Hardproof. To keep up with us online, we're Love Austin 360 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you get a chance, 
please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find our podcast. I love you so much. The Austin 360 podcast is a production of the features staff at the Austin American Statesman, and the show is produced by Alyssa Vidalis and Addie Broyles. You can find everything you'd ever want to know about this show and its contributors at austin360.com slash loveaustin360. And if you want to pitch us an idea for the show or give us some feedback, shoot us a note at loveaustin360 at statesman.com or leave us a voicemail at 512-912-2504. We couldn't do the show without you, dear listeners, and we can't thank you enough for lending us your ears, your comments, and any leftover Hanukkah chocolates you swiped from your kids. Until next week, we'll see you decorating your agave plants with brightly colored holiday bulbs. Oh, 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 o